the nature of the day that we live in, the urgency of the day that we live in demands that we kind of speeding up uh, the revelation and the, and the demand for growth and, and, and maturity in this season. And, and that's why you know, I'm coming this morning to share these uh, uh, principles again with us. We're going to, like I said, continue where we stopped yesterday. Uh, yesterday we, uh, by the way, yesterday was such you know, uh, uh, you know, a time where all kinds of things were just happening to try to stop the broadcast. But I thank God for the grace that heaven has given to us, you know, to just continue to push on. These are part of the challenges that we are going to be facing when we want to stand for God and stand for His purpose. The enemy is going to do everything within his arsenal to try to want to stop or hinder. And even frustrate us but we will continue every day we wake up is a new day and a new opportunity heaven has given to us to continue to press into his divine intention so this morning by god's grace we are going to continue to look into amen uh, the concept of developing amen, a spiritual uh, uh, spirit in functioning of course in the prophetic all right we've been dealing with developing understanding how to work how to develop within the you know framework of what we define as the prophetic spirit of course uh to for us to grow mature and become you know uh, effective in our grace or giftings or even in our called office we need to first of all make sure that the foundation of our spiritual state are well established on on on, on biblical truth amen on the revelation of christ and this is why we began to look into the book of revelation and 1910 Right, where the scripture speaks, the part B says, spoke about, you know, uh, the, 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 the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, amen, God's intention, God's word, God's will, God's counsel, God's purpose, all right, carries a spirit. Now, that is what we want to understand. We want to understand the life, the nature, the, 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 the protocols, the value system of, you know, engaging the things of the spirit. Spiritual things are very, very uh, 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 important, all right, in, in dealing with life, in engaging life, in living life in such a way that pleases the Lord. Now, I know, like, I mean, many of us will understand that if there's any, any area of life that we are, you know, struggling to, 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 you know, to understand and to walk in is in the things of the spirit. The things of the spirit are not as you know as as clear as you know, natural things where we can just look at one and put one together and they make two. In the things of the spirit, it doesn't work like that, right? Yes, the, the natural speaks of the spiritual and the spiritual speaks of the natural. But we've got to understand the, the the nature and the life, the protocols of spiritual things. And of course, when you're dealing with the you know with the backdrop of our the fallen nature of the old Adamic nature, all right. And even when we claim to have given our life to Christ that we're born again where you know spirit filled it is still a challenge for us to understand amen the ways of God you know the the Bible talk about the ways of God the the, the, the way the things of the spirit or are, are, are designed to operate all right it, it's not as you know uh, easy cut as we look at things thank you so much uh brother Melvin this morning for joining this morning we're dealing with you know we're continuing on our you know prophetic leadership school I'm not doing a, a, a um, leadership uh, excuse me, prayer, uh, prophetic prayer school this morning. We're dealing with, I'm just continuing where I stopped yesterday in our training. I, I, I sense an urgency to continue to, you know, just see how far we can push and, and move further because there's so much to cover. There's so much.
much to look into. So that's why this morning I decided, okay, I'm going to continue where we left yesterday. So this is a continuation of the teaching on developing prophetic leaderships, uh, leadership spirit yesterday. All right. Uh, a couple of things I'm just trying to highlight here. All right. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 5, because that's where we began to understand some of the character, some of the character of what shapes or forms, amen, the prophetic uh, uh, spirit, that environment that allow us to be able to grow into, amen, the, the essence, the purpose, and the and the counsel, amen, of our prophetic identity is what we are looking into. These, these are very important principles. Now, before I go into Matthew, I would like to or maybe I should first of all actually go into Matthew. I like to uh, um, look into one or two scripture. Maybe I should start with the scripture first. All right, in First Corinthians chapter chapter three, verse uh, eighteen, it says, "It says First Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen says, let no one deceive himself. Self-deception uh, is increasing in this last day." And we are also seeing this concept of self-deception even in the operations of ministry gifts and all of that. So, but this is not where I'm going, but I just felt I need to look look at that self-deception. He said, let no one deceive himself. Yesterday, I posted a, you know, a word. I said, we are living in an age of deception. And many people were responding that, yes, but the most important thing is uh, uh, self-deception. And I think uh, that, that, that's the core, that's the heart, that's the key. Because if we're self now, what leads to self-deception is the lack of self-knowledge, is the lack of certain you know, knowledge that heaven has given to us. You know, it, it's easy to be self-deceived. Because if we don't know what is expected, what is what is uh, assigned to us, if we don't know what is it is demanded of us, if we're not aware, amen, of the pattern of life, the way God will have us live life, if we're not if we're not if we have not familiarized ourselves with the values of God and the principles that defines how to live life, it is it is easy for one to to you know to presume to assume, and of course assumption, amen, is born out of deception. We we can we can uh, we can assume that we know things we we understand certain things only for uh, only for us to get to the point where we find ourselves being deceived. So indeed, self deception it's not born out of well this person just wants to deceive himself or herself. No, it's because we lack knowledge. The scripture says God says in the book of Hosea, I say for my people perish for the lack of His knowledge, not just for the lack of our knowledge. Because if we talk about self-deception, self-deception begins from the lack of the knowledge of God. Because the more we have the knowledge of God, the more, amen, we have insight, we have understanding regarding, amen, his expectation for our life. And therefore, we are able to begin to move or understand what God expects of us or even begin to take delivery of the things that he expects of us. But if we don't know what, amen, God expects of us or what, amen, our life has been defined you know to be just like you know we've been explaining that there's no way we can begin to say we want to understand how to function in life even as as men as women amen as leaders in various departments of life there's no way we can function effectively all right without 
the prophetic spirit. Now, we, we've said that the prophetic spirit speaks deep into the, the, the intentions of God. All right? Purpose is born out of the prophetic nature and character or the intentions of God. All right? When we begin to you know, have insight, you know, leeway into the heart of God, into the mind of God, into his intentions for our life, for, you know, for how life is being designed generally to be lived, our home, family, marriage, amen, business are designed to be wrong because there's a pattern of wisdom knowledge out there that the world amen is promoting and is you know promulgating that is there is a, there's an expectation there in the world system that is contrary that is why the bible tells us it spoke about amen uh, 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 the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the more we know that the more we eat that the more we partake of that the more we seem to be aware about the world but that awareness does not speak into amen god's divine intention and this is where the crux of the matter, amen, is. So it says, let no one <clears throat> deceive himself. If any of you think, let's look at that. Deception, you know, is connected to how we think, how we see things, how we judge things. It says, if any of you think is wise in this age, we're dealing, we've been talking about the spirit of the age. If anyone, he started by talking about deception, then he went further. He says, let no one think is wise. If any of you think, amen, you're wise regarding, amen, the values of this age. If any one of you think he is wise in this age, he should become a fool. Now, I find that interesting. He said that person should become a fool so that he may become wise. What a, what a scripture. What a scripture. Let me read the entire scripture. First Corinthians uh, verse three, verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Let no, one, let no one deceive himself. If anyone think he is wise, you know, we think, oh, yes, I know what to do. I know how to relate. I know how to undo this problem. I know how to challenge this situation. I know, I know the answer to this. You know, we can have an, a sense of assumption from that position. We can so assume that we know, we, we, we know what to do, only for us to find ourselves really not knowing, only for us to find ourselves trying that key. And it's not, it's like you, you, you are so sure that this key is going to open the door. You are so certain and you go there and you're like, oh, but what's going on? Only for you to realize, sorry, it doesn't work. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone think he is wise in this age, he should become, he should become. You become a fool. Now, this is how we grow into the prophetic. That whatever wisdom of the age we have imbibed, whatever you know, nature and understanding and values and culture we have imbibed of this age, the scripture says, amen, we should, we should become fool. To become fool means in the, in the eyes of the world, amen, we choose not to. In the ways of the world, we, we, we refuse to walk and, and act we refuse to think. We refuse to live life in the way that they have designed, in the way that they have orchestrated, in the way that they have planned it. It says, if, if you think you're wise regarding the, this age, regarding the way things, I mean, if you look at all that is going on, if we look at all that is going on in the world today, everybody seems to have a solution. Everybody seems to have an answer. All right? The world, again, yes, I've kickstart. How, you know, resets, resets. We want to reset everything. And have you noticed that even... Even regarding the, the concept of social media, when something is, is, is suggested or is, is promoted that contradicts, that is different from the general belief of the system, suddenly those things are removed. Suddenly those things you know, are, are tagged as fake news. 
it's, 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 it's amazing the way the, the world we live in today that anything that contradicts what the CNNs of this world, amen, believe and the rest of them, alright, that are promoting the ideology that they want to promote. The moment something contradicts no, no, it is tagged as fake news. That is the, the world we live in today is so divisive. Of course, they are basing all of this ideology on the scripture. They are wise in their, in their eyes. All right? It's like in the days of Noah, the way people lived their life and the way they were carrying on all right, to them, that is the right way. And everybody must follow suit. Everybody must agree. Everybody must align to you know, their standard. A standard that contradicts the values of God. And this is the key here. If we don't understand amen, the expectation of God and if we are not ready and willing to stand by God's divine plan and purpose for our life, it is so easy that we are going to fall into the trap of the enemy. There is a way that cement right, the scripture says. There's a way that cement right unto man, but the end is destruction. Now, when we begin to talk about the developing of the prophetic spirit, suddenly we begin to have clarity, understanding, amen, into those you know, values that are contradicting the ways of God, that are contradicting the values of God. And it's for us now to begin to decide, amen, to be fools to that wisdom, amen, and begin to draw towards what is called, amen, the wisdom that comes from the, the fruit of the tree of life. We, we want to partake from that tree, amen. We want to partake from that fruit. But guess what? If we don't become fools, amen, to the wisdom of this world and begin to journey towards that tree, we are going to remain, amen, in the same quagmire that the world system are faced with. And I just felt this morning that I needed to highlight this scripture even as we deal with the concept of developing the prophetic spirit because we cannot say we're developing the prophetic spirit while we still allow, amen, the values of the world, the way the world thinks, the way the world believes things, amen, to still guide and rule our life. I tell you, that is going to be a big challenge because many of us have inherited all kinds of values, standards, you know, wrong perception wrong beliefs, wrong culture, you know, wrong philosophy, wrong identity. We, they've become part of our life. They've become hereditary. All right? They are in our bloodline. They've become how we live life, how we view life, how we see ourselves, how we interact. In fact, the moment we want to begin to do anything that, 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 that is contrary to that, you know, uh, uh, standard, we become, we feel awkward. We, 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 we look like a fish out of the water. It's like we cannot, we cannot relate. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be challenging. And, and of course, we know it's challenging, but it's doable. That's the point. It is doable. And this is what I'm trying to emphasize, that you know, we don't want to mix the wine of what God amen, is proclaiming and declaring. All right? There are values, there are principles, there are standards that God amen, has designed and ordained for us. And we must follow those patterns. We must yield ourselves. We must reckon ourselves amen, to live life within the context of what is called amen, the testimony of Jesus. Jesus like I always say did not just come to die so that we can go to heaven. He came to he came to show us how to live life so that amen, all of the desires, all of the counsels, all of the plan of God, all of the things that the Father has desired and ordained for us can then flow. God will not pour himself amen, into a compromised vessel. This is something that I need to con constantly emphasize. Even in these days of the end, we have entered into a new day. The ark as midwife for us, amen. A new season. The ark as midwife for us, amen. A new, a new, a new, a new generation. An opportunity, amen, to become what God wants us to become. And as we continue, amen, to refuse the old wine, the old wine skin. As we continue to refuse, amen, the pattern that is designed, amen, from the tree of 
the knowledge of good and evil and begin to shift in transition towards amen, the ways and the will of God, what begins to happen is that the, the channels of the spirit then begins to open to us to, for us to begin to walk in and step into God's plan and purposes for our life. But if we're not ready and determined, amen, to lay hold of the values and the principles that will connect us to what is called the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to find ourselves living, amen, in, two, in, in a two-standard world, you know, a double-standard world, okay? Yes, when it comes to the things of God, we're there, but when it also comes to the things of the world system, we also want to be there. No, we have to choose. We have to make, make up our mind on which side we want to live life, and this is why we're dealing with characters, characters foundational principle fundamental standards amen that allow us to grow because the things of god amen grows just like we grow in the natural things amen we also grow in the spirit all right so having said that i'll quickly go to uh, um there's another scripture that i want to look into that maybe this one will give us a, a bit of encouragement but i felt i need to look into it well for those people who are watching us from youtube i'm sure uh you'll be wondering but this man has not read you know from the things he's open i'm gonna get there soon all right because we're gonna finish this point but uh i'm, I'm just trying to bring scripture to kind of you know connect us to the heart of what the lord is saying and doing in this season in time all right like i said because of the urgency and the and the and the and the opportunity if you will that heaven has given to us it is important that we begin to highlight things that are that matters to god that matters to the heartbeat of god that matters to our our growth and matters to our you know you know there's a word now that matters to how we grow effectively yes that's the word that we want not just to grow but we want to grow effectively we want to grow productively we want to grow in the in the standards in the ways we want to grow in in accordance to the divine order or right, of god's will for our life all right so so this is why we i am trying to you know you know also try to see if we can introduce you know this prophetic leadership school amen to our morning uh, our sessions because uh, then then we can you know if you will manage our time in dealing with amen the devotion in terms of prayer and intercession but all right we can also you know maybe two two days in a week in the morning we can also look into amen this concept of you know prophetic spiritual development because leadership is what is required in this season in time all right we we, we need a new sense of leadership you will notice that the challenge of the corona the 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 the, the covid 19 and and on all the fallout of economic you know uh, uh, crunches and you know political you know division corruption all of the things that is panning out in our day right now is crying for leadership for leadership a new order of men must emerge a new order of women amen like deborah in the day where men or have gone hiding in the day where no, men don't know what to do a, a woman in a mother in israel must arise a deborah must arise amen we need the kind of capacity and character value amen of roots who, who 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 looked at things in the natural and said there's nothing to gain but hey woman naomi i'm going to follow you because your life amen is connected to destiny and i want to see god's design counsel for your life come to pass we need people like that to be awakened the bible says yes in the day where shamgars arose and fought the people of god you know deborah a woman a mother in israel they call her rose up in a day where everybody are tired weak and weary amen depressed 
A woman rose up and said, no, I have the answer. I have the answer. We need people like that in our day. That's not going to happen because we just talk about it. It's going to take a new sense of courage. It's going to take a new sense of looking into the word of God, finding the pathway. We need pathfinders. We need men and women in our time, in our day, all right, who can begin to say there is a way, there is a God, amen, who is speaking. And we must understand, amen, his, 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 his voice for this brand new day, amen. We need people that can read for us. Us, amen the blueprint of the spirit that can direct us amen that can show us this is the way we need a new set of leaders who say follow me hallelujah and lead us to battle until we have victory we need men amen like moses who will rise up, amen, and lead us out of bondage and lead us, amen, out of if out of the out of the house of Pharaoh, all right. A new set, a new order of men and women with leadership capacity must emerge. So all of the idea and concepts that you know men have uh, 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 defined in, in in the past regarding leadership, they have all failed. Corona has has, has has burst the bubble, amen, of our sense of, you know, leadership and authority. Church must change how we do church, amen, how we run our homes, family, businesses, everything that defines our life, all right, in this brand new day has to change. Excuse me. Thank you, Father. Oh, Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm just trying to change. All right. We seem to be having a problem with the network. All right. We're just having a problem with the network, but I'm sure you can still hear me. All right. Uh, the, the network has dropped, but let's continue. God will help us. So I, I'm saying that one of the one of the reasons why we are dealing with this, why, why why I have this urgency, all right. No matter what the enemy throws at us, particularly to me, I'm not going to give up because a people must emerge. We cannot <clears throat> we cannot allow the mobs. We cannot allow, amen. Those who want to who want to sell us to to you know to Satan. We cannot allow, amen. Deceive us and 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 those amen who have their agenda, the the, the globalists and the and and the illuminatis of this world, the ones who claim they have light. We are the carriers of light. We are the illuminatis, amen. We are the one that Jesus said, "You are the light of the world," amen. This is not the time to go hide yourself and bury your head in somewhere. All right, this is the time to to rise up, amen, in the authority of the brand new day. This is a brand new prophetic day that heaven has given to us. We have said it before that whenever God ushers in a new season it always come with crisis crisis is what brings out the true leadership spirit in us crisis is what brings us the true values the true identity all right men may be dying around you people may be dying around you but refuse to die refuse to die Things may be happening all around you, but refuse to be part of the statistics. I will rise. I will proclaim the testimony of God. I miss this corona. I miss, amen, the, 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 the economy knows diving. I miss, amen, the discouragement, the shutting down of, of businesses and families, breaking up, homes, shattering, all of these things. Children not being able to go to school. I miss all of this. Father, I'm believing you for capacity, grace to become your voice. Every generation requires amen, a new set of voice. How is it going to be? This is why we're doing this, friends. This is why we're coming with this teaching. This is why I'm here this morning to talk about our prophetic leadership school. 
right? <laughs> yes, we're going to pray, but we need to be armed. We need to be furnished. We need to be equipped. We need to understand the demand of God for our day. <clears throat> and I tell you, the more we talk about this, hey, the more the enemy is going to intensify the fire, the, the more he's going to increase the fire. But guess what? He's but an instrument in the hand of God. Listen to this. The fire is not, is not, is not created by the devil. It is God, amen, who allows Satan to create that fire. It was God, amen, who puts it in the heart of the people who go to speak to the king and say, King, we want you to make a decree. You see, when God wants to show up in his day, in his time, now I'm, I'm preaching now, I want to teach. When God, but let me encourage you, when God wants to show up, amen, in a, in a generation, in a season, amen, God will make sure that things, all right, be stirred up. He said, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will shake the foundation of many generations, and I will cause the desires of men and nations to rise up to me. Is that not what God is doing right now? Let's, let's not think it's the devil. It is God. When God wants to set a new day. In, because listen, when God begins to shake everything that can be shaken, then the Daniels will rise. Then the David will emerge. Then the Joseph. Because the world system today, they are all dreaming, but they don't know how to interpret their dream. Everybody's running elter scatter. People are running from place to place. They don't know what to do. Suddenly, there is a man that emerged. They say, oh king, there's a man in thy kingdom. Whom in the days of thy father. We discover the spirit of the gods are in him. They say, who is he? They say his name is Daniel. Belshazzar said, go fetch him. He came. He interpret, hallelujah, the handwriting on the wall. We have to be the, the Daniel of our day, interpreting, amen, the handwriting, the confusion. We have to bring answer and solution. There was a Joseph, amen, in the land when there was famine across the nations. We've got to understand this is a beautiful moment for us. This is a glorious day for us. Let's not allow the enemy to show us, amen, his own narrative. No, you see, it is the narrative that we take, that we believe, that will define our strengths, amen, capacity or failure, amen, or, or, or seeking to run away. No, this is not the time to run away. This is the time, amen, to go back to God and say, Lord, yes, the challenge is there, but I need capacity. And this is why God has sent Isaiah to build capacity in the church. Amen. To raise the third day church. If we're going to talk about the third day church, if we're going to talk about a church, amen, born, amen, with a new spirit, a new spiritual identity, born with a new spiritual priesthood, amen. If we're going to talk about the church after the order of Melchizedek, if we're going to talk about the church, amen, that will connect to what is called the restoration of the tabernacle of David, then we have to go back and begin to look again into what is called the testimony of our Lord. Jesus Christ we have to begin to once again interact with the mind of God there is a mind that God wants us to wear to have in engaging this brand new day amen we have not been through this part before but guess what there are people that have that have tracked this path. amen there are men and women who have journeyed this path. we are not the only one in our day yes we've not been through this part before but Daniel have been through this part before hallelujah uh, 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 Noah has been through this part before yes yes Enoch has been through this part before Elijah has been through this part before John the Baptist has been through this part before. Paul has been through this part before. Amen. All of the disciples have been through the part, this part before. And the Bible says they are all, they are all watching us today as a, as a witness, as a cloud of witness. They are watching us and they are cheering us and they are showing us that's the path to follow. That's the path, amen, that will bring forth your joy. Amen. We have to listen to them. This is, this is it. 
We, we, we cannot, you see, the problem is we're going to get more depressed and frustrated when we try to use the same old pattern, the same old ideas, the same old concept of doing things, doing church, doing ministry, uh, you know, trying to run our home, family, trying to raise our children. It's not going to work again because all of that principle has become obsolete. Yes, when, when, when a season changed and a crisis hit the earth to the point that the economy of the world, amen, was shut down <clears throat> to the point that churches were closed up. I mean, <clears throat> the earth has faced all kinds of challenges, but not like this one. Churches were literally, because, because a pandemic broke out. Don't look at the pandemic. Look at what God is saying. Our problem is we focus on the problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're too fixative, and, and that's what happens when challenges come around us. We don't sit to think about solution. We are overwhelmed by the problem. So we start running here and there. We start, you know, we, we start running around like headless chickens. No, God says, wait, stop. It's a Sabbath. What is Sabbath? You rest, you wait until he speaks. When he speaks, you move. That's what we're dealing with. So God is speaking to us. God, God's word is coming afresh to us. All right. Bible says, let those who have the ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit of God is saying. God is speaking to us and he's speaking clearly. But we can get distracted by listening, by hearing something else, by watching the wind. All right? Yes. When Peter took his eyes off our Lord Jesus Christ, we all know what happened. The Bible says, and it began to sink. This is not the time to take our eyes off Christ. Christ is the revelation. Christ is the motivation. Christ is the compass leading us to the next season, leading us to the next reality. We've come out of the ark. He's the one guiding us. He's our GPS. Amen. He's, 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 he's our radar. We must constantly listen. The Bible says, let those who have the ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying to his church. God is speaking to us. Who is listening? If you're listening to God, you become a solution in the earth. I said I was going to read a scripture for us. All right, I'm still going to come back to um, Matthew 5 because we're dealing with character. The, the, the purpose of this morning's teaching all right, is to continue on the key points that we began to look yesterday on. Amen. Some of the characters that form what we define as the prophetic spirit. We cannot, you know, they say the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. How do you want to, you know, talk about, you know, uh, 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 um, the next car you're going to have, all right? The next house you're going to have, where you're going to build that ministry, where you're going to build that thing, all right? While you are lying on the bed, sick, almost to death. I mean, somebody in ICU is not thinking of, oh, my, my car, oh, my, you know, I'm not going to, you know, that business. No, you are in ICU. You, you are between the living and the dead. Now, that's where the church is. The church is in ICU. Now, so this is not the time to begin to talk about, all right, so what's going on with that, you know, investment? All right, so what are we, no, no, no. This is the time to talk about how to come back to life. That's a word. That's a word for us. That's a word for me. How to come back to life. Now, this is what we're dealing with. This is what I'm trying to deal with, amen, in this con con concept and context, amen, of developing the prophetic spirit. All right, all of the things that we've defined, we have run with in terms of the prophetic and the, even the things of the spirit have been brought to death. I, we, if, in fact, not just uh, in ICU, we, we, it's dead, it's dead. The, we have driven God, you know, we've driven God out of his church, out of his house. When you drive God out of your life, you're as good as dead. And this is what we've seen in the church. To the point today where you say you're a prophet, people can literally take a stone and stone you to death. They can stone you. 
because of how people have abused and maligned and misrepresent, amen, the things of the spirit. So, so if we are going to begin to talk about, amen, you know, the restoration of, of Christ back to his church, we have to talk about, amen, we're coming back to life, coming back to the ways that he ordained, that he intended us to live life. Uh, amen. And so that's not the point to begin to talk about how my gift can function. No, we're talking about how the spirit can come back to life and how the spirit, amen, can really align to God's original divine intention. So that, listen, the gift is of the Lord. He's the one who gave the gift. Gifts are give. give gifts are, are given to men. The Bible says when he ascended on high, he gave gift to men. He gave gift. He, and the gift that he gave, hallelujah, were designed to function with the nature, with the fruits. You can't function with the gift, amen, when it comes to spiritual thing you are not allowed to function with gift without the life without the nature without the vessel that's why they said they could not pour new wine into old wine skin the wine skin is as important as the wine god is the giver of the wine we are the receiver as the as the as the you know as as the wine skin as the vessel that's why he would take amen his, himself to the house of the porter and make for himself a vessel amen that can carry amen that which he wants to use to to display to express his glory to the world yes in a great house they said there are all types of vessels it depends on what you're seeing if you want to be a great vessel then you've got to allow him to bring you back to the place where amen they will break you again and remold you and reshape you so that you can function in the quality in the state in the dimension amen in the context of the the, the demand of the day yes i know you were i know you were powerful i know you function in ministry i know you did xyz i know yes people celebrated you but but that is past amen every season comes with a new a new sense of change yes you must be from system to system you must be changed hallelujah from dimension the bible says we move from glory to glory hallelujah as the kingdom of god becomes closer and nearer to us we have to amen accept the new wear the new the new the new garments the new the new uh, wear hallelujah to embrace the newness of god have you noticed that jesus appeared in dimensions in the scriptures and when he resurrected, guess what? He appeared in another dimension to the point that his own very disciples, they were with him, but they could not, they could not recognize him. Can you imagine? If Jesus were to appear and is appearing in our day today, but we can't recognize him. Why? Because we have not changed amen, our prophetic spectacle, our prophetic capacity, our prophetic sight to see. All right? The, 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 the eyeglasses, amen, the, 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 the lens you were using before was good for 10, 15 years ago. But hey, the things that are happening today requires, amen, that you, that you are fitted with a new prophetic sight so that you can see well. Lest you begin to see amen, men walking like trees. They had to lay hands on this guy again. They say, what do you see? He said, I see all things well. I see all things well. They have to change, amen, our, 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 our lens, our view, our vision has to, yes, leadership demands vision. They have to redesign our vision. And this is what we're dealing with here. This is what we're dealing with here. Because if you don't understand this and we want to run. No, it's not about just functioning. It's about functioning with the right capacity. Or functioning with the right understanding. Functioning with the right spiritual amen, uh, uh, gear. Functioning with the right spiritual value system. All right? Or else, I'm telling you, in the days we're living, you are going to beat the bait. You will bow. You will find yourself compromising without even you knowing. 
So we want to ask ourselves, it's time to grow. It's time to grow. But do we want to grow? Do we want to change? Let me read this scripture quickly. 2 Corinthians. In fact, let me take it from verse 6. Because this, this scripture is one of the best scripture. One of the most excellent you know, writings of Paul. Given to this Corinthian church who lived in a state, amen, of presumption. Because if you read, if you read the verse one, he was talking about these guys, you know, uh, living in a dimension where they, they, you know, they, they actually think that they are so spiritual. But among them, there were divisions. Among them, there were all kinds of kind of things going on. Yet, these guys were functioning in gifts. Maybe you don't believe me. <clears throat> Let me read 1 Corinthians, and I'm coming to 2 Corinthians, but let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I always thank God for you because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have, you have been enriched. Look at that. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speakings. Eloquent church, eloquent church, eloquent intellectual church, also spiritual. In every way, in all your speakings. And in all, listen to this, and in all your knowledge, because, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. These guys, they carry, the, they carry the dimension of the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 7, he says, therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. So I'm sure some of you now begin to understand why I kind of, you know, less emphasize on spiritual gift. Because the gift and the callings of God are without repentance. But that gift, amen, can lead you, amen, in functioning even to hell. Can lead you to the place where you function, but yes, yet, yet you are disqualified. Because he's going to say to them on that day, depart from me. They will say, why, Lord? Why should we depart from you? Didn't you hear? Didn't you get the memo? Did, did, did the angel not told you that we, we healed in your name? We raised the dead in your name. All the people in the community were saved because of us. They say, yes, we got the memo. We saw it. But Jesus said, I never knew you. You never allow me to put my seed in you. You never allow me to be the guy, to be the one leading you, to do all. You use me. You use my gift. Those guys who, who say we heal in your name, they were not using the name of Baal. They were not using the name of uh, uh, Muhammad. They were not using Shinto or Buddha. Or Buddha or, no, no, no. They were using the name of Jesus. We healed in your name. We'll read it in Matthew 7. In that day, he's going to say to them. What was the judgment, hallelujah, regarding the day of Noah? The people had power. They, they, had, they had power. They took, the, they, they took their seed, their power. And the Bible says they went into the daughters of men. <clears throat> Fallen angels went into the daughters of men. All right? And they brought, they gave back to giants. They built powerful things in the earth. But they were judged. They were destroyed. So get this clear. Let this sink into your head. God is not about your gift. He's about you being conformed to his nature so that his gift, hallelujah, can flow through your life. The emphasis for this day of the end, if you look back, just look back, just look back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Have you seen what men have built with gift? There are churches that you enter, you, you get lost inside. As massive as those churches are, those buildings, you will get lost. When you go to church with your friend, God help you when it's offering time or something, everybody start dancing. You can miss each other because it's massive. Now, that is the idea that people have. 
Biblical things. Is that not what they began to do when they when men began to journey out? Bible says they got to a place, a plain, and they came together. They say, Let's let's build for ourselves a city. Every church now is a city. And if you have if you're running a ministry, all right, you want to call it, you know, Cape Town City Church, you know, Franjuk City Church. <laughs> Pal, Pal Worship Center. No, you want to own everybody. You want to, you, you want to be the Lord and the master of everybody. Everybody must flow to you. <laughs> it's Babylon they are building. Babylon. Tell them Isaiah said so. It's Babylon. He said so. Isaiah, are you saying that God is not into big ministry? No, no. He's never into big ministry. He's into winning the world. And the pattern of winning the world is there for us to see. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm just saying this church, this Corinthian church. You see, because Corinth amen, was, was a metropolitan place. Corinth was a place of e e economic advancement. Co Corinth was the, was, a, was the heart of politics back in those days. This church was established in Corinth. So you begin to imagine the kind of people who go to, who go to, the, you know, to, to this church. They had everything. They were eloquent church. The apostolic message in this church was nothing like it. Powerful. L listen, listen. Because of our because because our be, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. This is what this is what Paul is saying here. Paul had to be governmental to be able to address this church. He says, therefore, you do not lack because we brought the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ to you. He said, because of that, therefore, you do not lack. In any spiritual gift. This church has spiritual gift. So what is the problem, Paul? This church has spiritual gift, but they were sleeping with each other. <laughs> this church has spiritual gift, yet there were division. There was schism among them. This church has spiritual gift, yet they hate each other. This church has spiritual gift, all right? Yet, earlier, they were lording it over them. This church had spiritual gift. They were almost inviting the spirit of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. As, listen to this. As you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. What a, what a height of deception. Because if you go further. Paul says <clears throat> in, verse, in verse 10. I'm just trying to round up because of time. In verse 10. He said, I, I appeal to you brothers. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That all of you agree. Agree with, with one another so that there be no division among you. This church was divided, yet the gift was flowing. <laughs> the, people were prophesying. So, having prophecy in the church, giving prophecy in the church, all these bushiris of this world, using prof prophecy, prophetic word and prophetic gifting to mesmerize people, it's not, the, it's, not, it's not the sign that God is there. No, this Corinthian church had, had gift. If you go to the Corinthian church, as you enter, they will see. They will, I mean, they will, because they, that church has been stirred up in the spirit, you see. Paul, Paul, Paul had, Paul had deposited amen, his grace there because of the testimony of Jesus. But he's appealing to them. Let not, why? You, you mean we can have gift and be divided? Yes. You mean we can have gift and still be in sin? Yes. You mean we can function in gift and still be evangelizing and be, yes, yes, yes. Because what motivates what we do for God, amen, is no longer love. And God is not, love is not something we do for God. Love is becoming more like him. Because when you want to become like him, 
guess what? It's so natural that you will do things for him. The issue, the issue, we're not frowning at doing things for God. No, you will do. You will do things for God. But then your motive of doing it is born out of pure love. Pure love. Pure, pure love. The pure in heart will see God. It's not zeal driving you. Your zeal is born out of love. Your zeal is born out of compassion. Not something you're going to show on, 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 the, on the internet, on Facebook. You know, not, not, not oh well, let, you, know, you know, when we do things today, we do it for the world to see so that the world can reward us. Jesus said, you've, you have already received your reward. Oh, somebody won't like me this morning. But if we're going to restore, if we're going to recover the intentions of God to our generation, friends, this is the pathway. This is the pathway. I appeal to you, brothers. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there be no division among you. And that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Oh, oh. That you may be perfectly united. It didn't say in spirit and in truth. <laughs> Pardon me. It didn't say in spirit and in truth. Because he knew the spirit is already there. But listen to this. They are not agreeing. They are not surrendering to the spirit. For you to surrender with the spirit, you have to yield your mind and you have to yield your thoughts. Spiritual things are not complete until your mind is one, until your thought, hallelujah, is brought under the government of God. Spiritual things are not complete. Listen to this. Spiritual thing is not just, you know, floating in the air. Spiritual things must become flesh, must become reality, must become, amen, what we have seen, we've touched, we've handled. Spiritual thing, hallelujah, must, must journey through a sanctified mind. This is where many of us die. This is where it's challenging. Because spiritual things, you see, spiritual things must, must come from your spirit. Yes, it must come through your mind, your thought, and then it must come through your mouth. Yes. We know what God is saying, but, but there's another law working in our members. I want to get the glory. I want to share the glory. I'm not going to share this thing with my brethren. I mean, people have powerful spiritual revelation, but they keep it, keep it for themselves alone. And when they want to share, no, no, they must sell it. You've compromised the whole essence of spirituality. In the days we live in, the, the soul must be saved so that the soul, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. The soul, the soul is not the driver of the spiritual thing, but the soul is the conveyor. The soul is the conveyor. Everything you know spiritually, hallelujah, must be expressed through your faculty, through your mental faculty. That is where we get compromised. Because the Lord speaks to your spirit. Whenever God wants to do something, he sends it straight to your spirit. But guess what? Your mind, your, your mind, your faculties, to the point of, you know, your organ, every part of your ability to express must, must, must agree. You understand? Must agree. So, so you receive spiritual things, but the channel, the pipeline, that's the word, the pipeline that conveys, you know, the thing out is corrupt, is rust. So the fact that God is in the house is not the issue. It is the delivery of what God has said. We take what God has said, we pervert it, we abuse it, all right? Why are they, why are they divided? Because, you know, it's an issue of, 
who is going to be in charge? Who, who is who is who is going to be used? Who is going to speak on behalf of? When we are spiritual people, we don't mind to submit to one another. We don't mind to say, you are the gifted one. You speak on our behalf. We're not looking down each other. Who, but who, is, who is that one? No, no. That one cannot speak on our behalf. No, no, no. I'm better than that person. I should be the one. <laughs> the moment we, have, we start having such thoughts in our life, in our mind, we corrupt spiritual things. There are no division in spiritual things. The essence of spirituality is to break down the wall of partition, the wall of division, and unite us. The world has never been so spiritual. The world, the church has never been so informed about spiritual things, yet the, the church, amen, has never been so divided. We all have, you know, platforms to connect, to share, you know, yet we are so divided. Apostles are everywhere, yet the church is not being built. Prophets are all over the place, yet we're not hearing God, but we're hearing men. We're hearing men who are prophesying material things. Yeah. This is the truth. Sorry, you have to hear this morning. <laughs> this is the battle, friends. Now, if you are searching for truth, this is truth. I appeal to you, brothers. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you agree with one another so that there be no division among you. And that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. My brothers, some from the Cleo's household is a, is a group. have informed me that there are quarrel among you. Yes. What, 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 what I mean is, one of you says... <laughs> I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apostle. Another, I follow Cephas. Still, another, I follow Christ. So, <laughs> the things of God are divided into four groups. Is Christ divided? This is Paul. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So that no one can say that you were baptized into my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanos. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with words of human, not with words of human wisdom. It's addressing something that was killing this church. They were preaching the gospel with wisdom, with the wisdom, with the philosophy of the Greeks, with the philosophy of the day. Yes. Gnotism. Did you, have you heard the term gnotism? Gnotism was the major enemy of the early church. The wisdom that came from the Greeks, the ideologies, the political ideologies that people imported, or excuse me, the political ideologies of, of the Roman Empire. And the world around them, the people who claim to give their life to Christ, amen, who came to the church, they brought these ideas, they brought these beliefs, and they, 
they tried to pollute the things of God. This is why the greatest work of Paul was to change the mindset, the beliefs, the philosophy, and the ideology of the people. This is one of the reasons why he said in the context amen, that if or if any of you, amen, ladies, have something to you know to ask about you know issue, he said settle it at home because back in those days, back in those days, listen to this: slaves are not given right to speak, both male and female. So, but now they have freedom. They are in Christ Jesus. I'm giving you the context of that scripture. When they say, okay, women must ask their husband at home. This is the context. All right. Slaves, remember, they were, they were all slaves. Remember that the church, the church, the Corinthian church, were now filled with both men that are free and those that are what enslaved because it's a church it's a melting point so you find converts that are you know that are of the you know the the, the what they call them now you know the, the royal the royal born all right and those that are slaves all right and you find everyone come to church so the church is where you find you know those who are very rich who are very important in the society they're there but you also find those amen who are still slaves in the church because, I mean, the church was just beginning. So now they are trying to deal with this issue of division. So guess what? Guess what? Some, of, some, some people, when they come to church, they use the platform of the church to challenge their boss, to challenge, you know, yes, the issues of... <laughs> the, the church becomes a political ground where they were throwing political stone. So the, one of the issues, amen, that was also going on was the issue of quarreling. You know, husband and wife will have quarrel at home. They have quarrel at home. Then they bring it to church. Because these people were still a bit backwards in the way they think, in the way they do things. So Paul saw this thing. He says, no, no, no. Now, what the women were doing back in those days, you can go check this out. This is, I'm, I'm sharing history now. <laughs> what the women were doing back, when they get, they wait for, for the issue to get to church. When the man get to the church, then they start challenging themselves to the point they were bringing disrepute to the honor of marriage. So Paul made a statement. and said, no, this is, we're not going to allow this thing again. If you have any issue that you want to talk about, all right, ask your husband when you're at home. In other words, if you can't settle it at home, don't bring it to the church. It's, it's, it's not an open place where we, we throw stone at each other and, and try to pull each other down. That is not the essence of the church. So people say, well, no, Paul said, you know, women must not speak in the church. Then that's not what he said. You've got to understand the context. The context was to shame the man. The context was to shame each other. You see, that's why we've got to understand all of these things that we're dealing with. Now, I, I brought all of this thing out basically to help us to, you know, to, to, if you will, to prep up, to build up, to begin to speak into keys that will allow us to function effectively. Now, I'm going to go back to somebody who say, watching me on, on, uh, on the other platform, we say, well, thank God, now he's back on this. Now, let's go back to Matthew chapter 5, because we began to look at this yesterday. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus began to address very important concept here. And this issue that um, we call, you know, Salmon on the Mount is one of the most powerful, you know, uh, uh, spiritual, you know, messages that Jesus actually shared. Because this Salmon on the Mount basically reflects to us, amen, the key points, the key character nature, all right, that defines for us, that, that shows us, amen, what it means to be spiritual, I think that is something that I'm trying to really bring out and help us to understand in this last day. When somebody is spiritual, amen, listen to this. Morality is not spirituality, but, amen, spirituality expresses morality. Being good is not being spiritual. 
But when you're spiritual, you will be good. Being kind is not spiritual. But when you are truly spiritual, of course, from biblical definition, you'll be kind. Because goodness is part of the fruit, the fruit, amen, of a redeemed spirit. But to take one aspect, somebody can be very good and be, you know, kind. I, I told you, I've got, I used to have this auntie of mine when I was growing, I was as a young, you know, a teenager. This auntie of mine, of course, I didn't know much about her life, but I guess she must have, I mean, of course, after growing up, I finally understood what happened to her. You know, she, she, was a, she was the kindest person you can think of. But when this lady snaps, the things she has done, the things she bought, the, please, when she's angry, just move out of the way. Just make sure you start taking things out because she will break things. She will, she will do all kinds of things. People never really understood her. Of course, I never really understood her. I mean, I mean, I, I, I grew up in a very challenging, you know, environment among my family. <laughs> you understand? And, and, and this woman, when she gets angry, I mean, I used to have a cut on my head here. This woman got angry one day. She threw, she threw a key, a key holder. She threw it and the thing caught me. Just caught my hair like this. I was bleeding. At the, at the, at the pulse of the anger. But guess what? This woman can plug her eyes for you. She, I mean, she's the kindest person I know, but when she gets angry, and I realize, but how can you be so good and at the same time be so, be so evil? <laughs> I, I never, I mean, that baffled me for years until I gave my life to Christ. Until Then I realized, no, 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 no. And I, I see what's going on in her life. You see, some of the kindest people can be some of the heinous people around. Because, you see, we do things. We, we, we do things. We, we, we can express love. Kind, maybe not love. We can, we, call it some, we, can, we can express kindness. We can try to help people and do all of that. But guess what? When something comes and challenge, amen, your, your, your sense of identity or belief or, or, you know, or, or something comes to, to, you know, to speak against what you what, what 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 you believe or what you stand for or what you what you are expecting, you see these people is like from being being nice, they become evil, and you wonder why, because the issue of redemption, the issue of the strong man in them has not been dealt with. All right, the strong man will continue to use things that have been done to them, will deposited in their life that they never address of course they can't address it but guess what this my auntie was a religious person she goes to church every sunday she doesn't miss church she goes to church in fact that's one of the reasons why i i said no if this is god i don't want god that's one of the reasons why i grew up not believing in god no i won't call myself an atheist but i just didn't want anything god because i mean i grew up seeing how people define christianity how people define serving god this can and these are very important people in church when the pastor finished, they, they're in their house. They come to pray for them. They come. I just said, no, all of this thing is not, this is not real. This cannot be God. Because I understand that God is supposed to be love and kindness. You know, so how people grow up, the environment that shaped, it was later I realized that, all right, this woman has been, has been jilted so many times. This woman has been, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, <laughs> herself, she's been through abuse from men. But of course, I mean, growing up, I didn't know that. So things that happen to us growing up can form, 
in fact not conform they form the values the character uh, you know the prism to which we see life we deal with life all right while we are seeking to to be loved and we try to you know help people and do things for people and you know and <laughs> Paul understood that he said you can give even your life to you can give yourself to be burnt in fire but if you don't have love of course he's not talking about your act <laughs> I mean if he's talking about acts these people have done more than act they've done everything he said you even give yourself to be burnt he said but if you don't have love you're nothing that scripture is one of the scripture God used to change my life I said, so love is not just what I do. It's not just the gift that I give to people. You know, we can be seen doing good things. Doing, you know, we can be seen walking in the church and all of the things. We can be seen, you know, projecting good ideas. You want to help one. <laughs> You'll be surprised a lot of people want to help the community have ulterior motive. You'll be surprised. You'll be shocked. What is in the heart of men? What is motivating? Like I was sharing yesterday. All right? You'll be surprised what led a lot of people to Christ. If you probe deep into the heart of a lot of people, because when you look at the church, you ask yourself, but we all claim to love God. So what's wrong with us? No. We love the things of God. We love what God can give to us. We love what we can get from him, but we don't love him. And I can tell you that I have 100% love for God. I, I can't tell you, if I tell you that, I will be lying to you. I will be lying to you. But I do love him. I'm not talking about loving his gift now. I'm not talking about loving his, 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 no, no. I'm not talking about loving the office, loving the, no, no, no. I'm talking about loving him, loving, loving God for who he is for. But you see, you cannot love somebody you don't know. You see why we can't love God? Because we don't know him. We know about him. We know about his power. We know about, we've read about his authority. When you read books, you read about hey, the, the faith that can move mountain. <laughs> yes, you read about a God who, can, who parted the Red Sea. We, we read about his power. We read about his majesty. So we are forever fixative of his, of, on his power, on his glory. Hey, we read about his presence, presence of the presence of God. But can you have the presence of God without the, the presence, without the Person's presence. <laughs> because when we talk about the presence of God, what comes to your mind? Yes. What the presence can do. How, how I can feel. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the presence of God. The power of God. Yes. We, our, you see, we've been accustomed to something we can get, we can see. Oh, God, a revelation. Yes, I see. When you talk about God, heaven, ooh, a street made of gold. But can you just think of God, God, my father? And every other thing, you shut it out. Who are you? Have you noticed the people that finally God say, I'm going to use them. The first thing he does is he reveals himself to them. Because that's the first thing. When you meet somebody for the first time, what do you do? You introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Isaiah Phillips. How do you do? I'm fine. My name is, you. there's an introduction. Has God introduced himself to you? You see, so we want to talk about the gift of God. The prophetic, like I say, is in God. We want to talk about the things of God. So we use the things of God to cover up. <laughs> I could remember growing up in my struggle of, you know, insecurity and identity crisis. You know, there's this particular family. We share the same street back in those days. You know, this family, you could see this, these people are very wealthy and, they, and they're influential people. They go to good school. And of course, I went to, you know, 
So, I, I like to get close to them. I want to know them. And many of them were girls back in those days. But, but whenever they, this family you don't see, they, 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 the building they, is, is this massive gate. You, can't, you don't see anything. You, but when these children comes out with their bicycle, you see all the children around. You know, we, we chase them. We, we follow them. <laughs> Insecurity. It was there. We all grow with it. And I remember one of them finally, you know, looked at me. And uh, we had a chat, just a, you know, uh, just a passing by chat. How are you? How are you doing here? And all of, the... and then she invited me to the house. Come, I didn't even know that they've got brothers. Come meet my brother. You know, their fathers for parents are forever traveling. I mean, they're very wealthy people. And I remember the first time I went into the into the house, it was like I was in a mansion, and I was looking around. I was all over the place. But the, you know, these children were just, what am I saying? I'm just saying, that's how many of us are. My desire was just to know what is behind that, you know, big gate. Many of us really don't have the revelation of God. We, we have an Im, 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 imaginary idea of who God is. Isaiah said, they, they, have, they have corrupt and, 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 and maligned. The, the, the image of God to the point that when we see the true Christ, we disdain him. We reject him. His image, the true image of Christ, the true image of God in our life has been, has been, has been shattered, has been, has, been, has been whitewashed with something else. That's the truth. When we truly see him the way he is, it will change our life forever. The little I have seen, I can tell you, it's changed my life. When Christ, listen, when, when you see him and you're changed, your values will change. Are you seeing the way we're looking at the prophetic? Because these are the things that must be seated. This truth must be seated in you. This truth is what God pours into you. You see, you can look at things and people and they can tell you about them. Okay. And you can you won't you won't if they say, okay, I'm showing you, but that word you must give it next year. Ah, can you keep it? Not you see, oh, thus yet the Lord, maybe sister, the Lord just revealed something to me. And then you expose <laughs> you shine through the gift. The prophetic is not a gift to make you shine. When God gives you a word or God shows you something, you also need to listen and wait on the pattern of delivery. There are things while I'm preaching, when I'm speaking, I see about some of us watching me. But I'll just throw it as a general term. I just speak it as a general term. Because I can't be pointing, oh, mortal, the Lord said. No, no. Except the Lord gives me a clear, direct instruction. Say it. And when God does that, it's because he needed that word to encourage somebody else. God never speaks to shame us. And he never uses us to grandstand. God doesn't need a man to use the prophetic to grandstand. Why would he want to do that? A father always seeks to cover his own. Even the ones that are, <laughs> that are the black sheep in the house, he still goes and bail him out in the prison. 
Ah, come on. Ah, may we understand the heart of a father. May we understand his ways. May we understand his character. When we understand the character of God, you will understand, amen, how his grace. Because listen, the grace, the grace of the prophetic, the ministry of the prophetic, the office of the prophetic is to express his heart. Regardless of how challenging, difficult that thing is, you must express it. This is what we are dealing with. This is what is important. And so, Simon on the Mount. The Bible says, And when Jesus saw the crowd, he went up onto a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Not this. Teachings are designed to instruct. Teachings are designed to build values. Teachings are teachings or the word doctrine. All right, excuse me. They are designed to build a man capacity within our spiritual structure. Teachings are, are, are made, amen, to correct a flaw. Teachings, amen, are given, amen, to empower, to inform, to transform, and to give us confidence, boldness, courage, amen, to express what we know. Have you noticed that people that are well-read, there's a way they speak, there's a way they talk. You, 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 you feel that sense of confidence. People who, who read or who travel, you know, they, they, they speak with confidence because they, they know things, they've seen things, they've, they've been to places. You see the way they communicate, the way they, they don't talk as you, they're not sure. There's a sense of confidence in what they say. This is what Jesus is doing here. This is, this is the one of the most important passages in the entire scripture. The Sermon on the Mount, because that is where Jesus sought to change, correct, align, build, empower, you know, fulfill amen, God's intention. Some, after Sermon on the, on the Mount, the next most important thing was the death of Christ on the, on the cross. Of course, his resurrection and his ascension. Then the next thing you're going to talk about, you know, things that are important in, in the epistle will be the book of Revelation. When you understand the book of Revelation, then you come back, amen, to the epistles. You see, the epistle deals with, amen, transforming, transition from one old life to the new life. Amen. That's the entire, I just, I just gave you, amen, the summary of the entire epistle. Amen. Is the correction of life. is coming from the old life, amen, and engaging the new life. And how to live life. All of the things they talk about prophecy. And all, no, no. Those are all part. They, they are secondary. The most important thing about the epistle. Amen. Is about you living the old world. And coming to the new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. The glory. The, the intention. And the purposes of God for your life. But before you understand that. It's always good to go read the book of Revelation. Because it gives you the image. The, the imagery of who you are coming into. What you are coming into is important. So when you read the book of Revelation, don't read it about, don't read it just because, oh, something is going to happen in the end time. You're already, you are the end time. You're already living in the days of the end. I said it yesterday that we are in a day of people receiving the mark of the beast. <laughs> I'm sure some people were shocked. Well, what are you talking about now? <laughs> and the idea that will be coming to people's mind is, oh, so when are we going to be lining up to be receiving this mark? <laughs> When are they going to start punching maybe, you know, the, uh, what do you call it now, the chip into our body? Come on. I, where are you? All of that has been done, you know, 10 years ago. 
do you have a phone? If you have a phone, then you're a potential receiver of the mark if the number is what we're looking for. Because there's no way you can go without a phone. Amen. They can track you. As long as you've got a phone number, you've got an ID. Your phone, your phone number is your ID. Is your global ID. Two things they will always ask for wherever you go. Amen. Your, your national ID. Amen. And your phone number. Amen. Some will say, okay, maybe your email. But they don't need that. They can track you anywhere you are. Even when your phone is dead, they can track you. So I'm not talking about, you know, collecting. The, 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 when they talk about a mark is a sign of ownership. And there's a reason why they use the word mark. Because you mark certain things, amen, for demarcation, for clarity's sake, hallelujah, for identification. But this, this identification is not a physical identification. It says it's not a numbering identification because if it is a numbering identification, then the entire church, hallelujah, is already received the mark. I'm, I, I, I want to caution myself. I don't want to go into all of that today because I'm going to be distracted. But, but that's just something for you. We're going to be doing a teaching on that. I hope we'll look for some of my material. That we've, I've done this teaching some time ago. Maybe we'll try to update it and see what we can do. But we need to understand what the Spirit of the... So, Jesus is speaking here regarding amen, regarding this concept that forms for us, that builds for us, amen, a solid spiritual, you know, a, a platform in growing to become prophetic. Prophetic begins with the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus, according to, you know, uh, uh, um, Revelation 19.10b, all right, Amplify says the testimony of Jesus is the life of, and the manner in which he expressed himself. I say is the way, amen, he, he represents what he was sent to do. That's the testimony of Jesus. And they say that testimony is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy speaks into, amen, intention, God's heart, God's plan, God's purpose. A prophecy was given regarding, regarding in uh, South Africa. A prophecy was given regarding, amen, uh, 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 A prophecy was given regarding a uh, myrtle. A prophecy was given regarding God knows who. All right, you know, they, they, a prophecy is something that must come to pass. In other words, prophecy reveals, amen, an objective. It is not the prophecy that matters. It is the objective. So when you understand the objective, the purpose, the, the intention why thus yet the Lord went forth. I mean, Jesus Christ came and lived life based on what was spoken about him, right? He wasn't there when the, the word was spoken. No, he came to fulfill. And every time, you will notice that there were people tracking him. Every time he, he did something, they go back and look at the Old Testament and they say that it may come to pass. And it was to be fulfilled. Everything he did was done to the letter of what was spoken about. Your life is a written prophecy. I was responding to my dear sister's uh, 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 page yesterday. As I was responding. And the Holy Spirit said to myself, look at the timeline. Seven years ago. I said, wow. This is, this is, this is a whole cycle. This is a completion all right, of the life of this person. You've entered into a new season. And I thought I was done. And the spirit of prophecy came upon me. And I began to write, you know, you know, aligning to 
what she said about vision is just something that just happened. I, I didn't have, because I, the Lord opened my eyes to seven years ago. So this word was spoken seven years ago. I will fulfill the purpose of God for my life. And I said to myself, wow, this is important. So I went back and I began to, you see, one of these days I'll teach us how we can tap into the spirit of prophecy and how we can give accurate prophetic word. But you see, without the things that I'm talking about right now, it's not going to happen. Because you'll be sentimental. Prophecy is not about being sentimental. Alright? So I, I told you, right? Uh, 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 this, in, Matthew, in, Matthew, in Matthew 5, I'm going to round up with this now. Matthew 5. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We bless your name. The Bible says, and he began to teach them. You see, you see, I'm a good teacher. I like to highlight each of the words because there's a reason why they use words. Okay? The Bible says he began to teach them. He wasn't preaching. He was teaching them. He was indoctrinating them. Alright? A lot of us go to church. We get to be sermonized. We, get, we hear good message. But we never change. Only teaching can change us. Preaching will motivate us, but teachings will change us. Teaching in ministry will change people. Have you noticed that if you look at churches like Seven, Day, Seven Days Adventists, all right, not all of their teaching is accurate, but guess what? The, that ministry is, they are, they are known for teaching. And when they teach you in Seven Day Adventists, ah, you'll be taught. You will, know, you will know it. The little they know, they know it. To the point that when they teach on eschatology, even though it's not, it's, it's not all, you know, all correct, but guess what? There are people run with it. But there are other churches. There are other, you know, if you will, denomination. They, they, they have a solid, you know, a, 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 a discipleship-based community. That's good. But what we teach again is another thing. Because uh, teaching, amen, the objective of teaching is to correct, is to inform, is to build something in you, is to change how you think, how you believe. That's different from a preaching church. A church that preach, you know, the, you will be, when, when the pastor finished preaching, you'll be, you'll be floating in the air. <laughs> yes, you'll be so excited. But Monday morning, you don't know what to do. Because what they've preached cannot be applied. You can't apply it. You see, a teaching will show you the nitty gritty of application. Because that's the purpose of teaching. The Bible says he was teaching them. The first thing he said in this teaching is, blessed are the poor in spirit. I was reading this yesterday. Like I said, I just want to conclude what we began yesterday. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. By now you understand what it means to be poor in spirit because we've dealt with that, all right? It means to have an attitude of one, amen, who always go to God, who always listen. In fact, it's the attitude of Mary sitting at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. No matter what you heard of him yesterday, you're coming back again to hear, all right? That is, that's a reflection of being poor in spirit, amen. To be poor in spirit, amen, is to be rich unto the world. To be rich, amen, in, 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 unto the world, amen, is, is, is to lack, is to lack in the things of God. If you think, oh, I'm so rich, we read the scripture earlier on, all right? Let him who think, amen, is wise regarding this age become a fool so that, amen, they can impart his life with wisdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He said, for theirs is, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when you begin to approach the, the protocols of the spirit through this attitude of being poor in spirit, 
The important spirit is you want God. You, you're never satisfied. You want the things of the spirit. You want to know more. All right? Listen to this. A poor person is always stretching his or hand. You, your hand is always like this. God, I, I need more of you. I want more of you. That's an attitude that keeps us. Even when you find yourself falling because you're poor in spirit, pride will not allow you to remain there. Sorry, humility will not allow you to remain in that state of, of, you know, of, of compromise. You get up again. You go back to God. You say, God, I can't live without you. You see, it is pride that keeps people away from God, even when they're in sin. Oh, no, 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 no. No. You go back to him. I, how, how would I live my life? I've made a mistake, but I, I will go back to my father and tell him. I've sinned against you. You see, that state of being poor in the spirit always makes you to run back to him. You magnify him in everything you do. Oh, you, you, you know that hey, you, to, to, to go to the office and talk and, and do all of that, you can't do it by your own self. You go to him, Lord, I need you. You guide me, you teach me, instruct me today. Poor in spirit. He said, for this is the kingdom of heaven. The reward of being poor in the spirit, amen, is to have the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven means to live life from the values of heaven. Inheriting the kingdom of heaven, amen, is opening your life to the value system, the ascended value system, the values of Christ. He said, all that I do, Jesus said, while I was in the world, all that I do are the things that I saw my father do. Excuse me. Doesn't, don't you think that sounds like the prophetic? All that I do is what I see. So, first of all, you've got to have sight to see what the Father is doing and then to, you know, repl replicate that here on earth, all right? So, all that I do on earth is what I see. So, the Father is working things on earth. But first of all, you need to see what he's doing. So, the way down is the way up, all right? You want to engage with that business. You want to engage with that man. You want to engage with that relationship. You want to en engage with your boss. You see what the Father is doing and saying regarding your boss, regarding that situation, regarding that community, all right? Uh -huh. So the Father is interested in things that happen to us on earth. Prophecy is, is, in, prophecy, prophecy is giving words, amen, regarding how things need to be done or how God wants things to be done or how God has ordained things. That's prophecy, isn't it? That's prophecy. Prophesying is the act of, of giving amen, God's intention, God's heart. Amen. Prophesying is the act of revealing the will of God, the mind of God. But if you don't have the mind of Christ, how can you have <laughs> prophetic mind regarding what God is doing in somebody's life? Are you getting my point? I'm going to stop here because of time. I know some of you need to go to work. I don't want you to miss, you know, out of what God is in, but uh, and uh, what you need to do in your, in your workplace. But this is what we're going to be looking into. This is what we've been looking into. I thought I could just quickly brush, you know, through and move to the next thing, but the Lord is speaking to us. Thank you so much, everyone, this morning. I thank God for his word, for his will, for his mind, for his desire, for his intention, all right? And uh, yeah, by the God's by God's grace, we are going to complete uh, uh, this concept. Yesterday, I think I stopped. Uh, uh, um, in fact, let me just quickly read this, just for the sake of uh, those that may be watching this on YouTube. All right, uh, uh, let me just quickly finish, brush through this again. I'm just finishing. It said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted." And I spoke yesterday about being mo to mourn is.